It's Wednesday, January 10th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, we're continuing our little series of breaking down uh, sort of the talent in the American League Central Division today. Uh, today, we're going to take a look at position players. Uh, and, you know, earlier in, uh, in the week, we uh, we ranked them by uh, by their wins above replacement uh, from last season. And, and this time we're, we're sort of looking for uh, an MVP of the division uh, right now. And, and I guess uh, when you start at the top, you've got to start with a guy who has finished uh, in the top 10 six times in his career. And that's Jose Ramirez. Uh, last year, really, uh, if you look at it, it sort of emphasized how, how valuable Jose is to the Guardians. Uh, in terms of, you know, when he lost the guys, uh, when, when he lost Josh Naylor to uh, an injury uh, in, in terms of uh, providing him that protection in the lineup, uh, you know, it, it really sort of exposed just how much he contributes and how how uh, valuable he is to the team. Uh, is he the best player right now overall uh, from a, 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 you know, a contribution standpoint in the uh, in the American League Central Division? Well, Joe, I think we're a little biased, but I, I would think, yeah, you know, I mean, I and I don't think, uh, you know, I think he has the track record to prove it. Um, last year, 282, 36 doubles, 24 home runs, 80 RBIs, uh, you know, 73 walks, 73 Ks. You know, that doesn't happen often in, in an era when, you know, people are swinging, you know, for the fences and, and 100 strikeouts a season doesn't even get a blink of an eye from a player anymore. Uh, 28 stolen bases, uh, just, uh, you know, just a, a really consistent, good player. Uh, Jose, a gold glove finalist at third base, uh, five-time All-Star. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, this is... And he's 30 years old, Joe. He hasn't slowed down, you know, and he's doing it in a really a, um, a revamp lineup uh, that is younger, you know, inexperienced, you know, except for a few guys hitting behind him. You know, he's kind of carrying the load on this team. Uh, really, the you talked about the track record, and if you go back to 2017, uh, since that season, uh, he's got a 39.7 uh, war, a uh, uh, wins above replacement, according to Fangraphs, and the only player in the American League that ranks higher than him uh, over that stretch is Aaron Judge. Uh, and 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 really, it, it, if you take Jose Ramirez out of that lineup uh, at, at any point in that that stretch, uh, you know the Guardians, I don't think are are, are as successful. Uh, as they have been, and and certainly not, uh, you know, during during Terry Francona's tenure, he was really uh, that that engine that drove them um, it, from from 2017 on. So uh, yeah, there 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 are arguments to be made uh, over over the long term, like you said, the uh, the sort of resume that he's built, uh, but also like you said, last season uh the, the the 282 average and the you know the, the RBIs the strikeouts and uh and the walks of everything you know really adds up uh i, I guess i'm asking the question wrong though it, it, who if we're if we're looking at the roster of talent in the division you know who would you say is up there competing with Jose Ramirez 
uh, for that uh, that sort of MVP of the division nod. Uh, if you go by the pure numbers of it, uh, Ramirez was second in the division, uh, according to F-War last year. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. actually uh, had a higher um, uh, wins above replacement, according to Fangraphs, uh, 5.7. And that's, uh, you know, based largely on a lot of the things that that Jose Ramirez himself does well running the bases, playing defense. Uh, and, and Bobby Witt Jr. is a guy who maybe moving forward in the short term can be a guy that would, would challenge Jose uh, atop the division. Yeah, Joe, well, Witt is 23 years old, um, number one pick of the of the Royals. Um, you know, he, he hit 276 last season. He went 30-40, Joe, 30, uh, 30 home runs, 49 stolen bases, uh, and he's, you know, this is only his second full year in the big leagues. Uh, you know, he does strike out a lot, 121 Ks compared to 40 walks, only a 319 on base percentage. Uh, but this is a kid that's still learning. He can run. He can play shortstop. You know, he is, uh, he's a young, I don't know if he's a younger version of Jose Ramirez because he's not a switch hitter. But boy, oh boy, he's fun to watch, and you know he is the future of the uh, AL Central, and probably, and and definitely the the Royals. Yeah, he's a guy that you know the 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 Guardians are going to have to contend with for for several more years. Probably, uh, you would you would think that the the Royals would want to keep him locked up as long as they they possibly could. Uh, really, the the turnaround for him last year was on the defensive side. He was a below average uh, defender in his rookie season. And and he really made uh, tremendous strides on that side of, of things, made himself, a, you know, sort of a, a two way player in, in that respect. Uh, you know, the the the, the at bats and the, the hitting was was there pretty much from the beginning for him. Uh, but where he made his strides was uh, making himself a, a reliable defender. And that's now something that uh, the, the Royals can can sort of build around. Yeah, they were bouncing him back and forth as a rookie between uh, third base and shortstop, Joe. And he's a shortstop. You know, I think uh, he showed that last season. Um, just a really, a, a really a fun player to watch. He's got speed. He's got power. He led uh, MLB. He led the big leagues last season and with uh, 11 triples, uh, you know, 49 steals. He gets caught 15 times. Um, geez, he's, he's, he's really, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to start a franchise, if you're going to rebuild a franchise like the Royals are trying to do, he's a good place to start. Yeah. Then, uh, you know, there's, there are other guys on that roster in, uh, um, Kansas city who maybe have, have been around a little while longer and, and, you know, have sort of, like you said, that track record, obviously, uh, Salvador Perez, uh, he's in the, the sort of the twilight of his career, but this is a guy who can still, uh, you know, impact games and 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 carry a team uh, at times. Uh, but uh, even you know, like young guys like Michael Garcia, uh, you know, he he produced at, at third base. I think he's he's sort of that partner now for uh, for Wit over there at, at third, and uh, they they've got a guy. Uh, you know, Vinny Pasquantino, uh, you know, missed a, a bunch of time last year with an injury, uh, but he was a, a threat at, at first base. Uh, and 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 MJ Melendez, uh, another guy who, uh, you know, is sort of has that potential to maybe 
uh, emerge e- eventually and and become a, a solid, consistent player. Uh, just if we're looking for guys on that roster who could potentially, you know, one day be uh, be in the conversation for, uh, uh, you know, the best in the division. Yeah, uh, they have a, a nice young core of uh, players like Melendez, what, tw- uh, hit 16 home runs last season, 56 RBIs. A guy that interests me, Joe, uh, Nelson uh, Velasquez hit mm-hmm. 14 home runs in only 40 games with the Royals last season. Uh, they've got Edward uh, Oliveras. Uh, hit 14 home runs in 107 games last year. So, you know, they're developing young players, and, and these young guys, they have some pop. Uh, they do strike out a lot, uh, a lot of strikeouts, which is usually, you know, kind of goes along with being being a younger player. But uh, definitely some guys to watch on the, on the Royals team. And, Joe, they need it. They lost 106 games last year. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, nowhere to go for, uh, but up for the Royals uh, this season. Uh, at the top of the division, you're talking about uh, the, the Twins uh, from last season, and uh, you know, really, if you look at their roster, they've they've got some potential MVPs for uh, for the AL Central uh, on that list, but and guys with track records. Uh, Carlos Correa is a guy who, who who has done it before, but last year was sort of a a down season for him. He was dealing with a, a toe injury all year and. Uh, he really didn't come on, uh, you know, strong until the the playoffs, really, uh, where he sort of carried the uh, the team into the division series. But uh, you know, you talk about a Carlos Correa as being the guy who uh, sort of could challenge Jose Ramirez for uh, you know uh, division MVP. Yeah, you know the the um, the Twins, uh, you know, really opened the pocketbook to keep this guy to sign him. Uh, he only hit 230, like you were saying last season, Joe. 18 home runs, 65 RBIs. Um, uh, but you know, really, you know, clutch player, good shortstop. Uh, but he's got to, you know, he's got to stay healthy. He's got that ankle problem. You know, he's 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 just uh, he has, but he did stay on the field. He played a lot of games. So I think you know when you when you're that talented, and you can if you're halfway, de- you know if you're if you can keep your good health, you're going to put up numbers. The one guy that that's interesting on that t- a team, Joe, on the Twins team, Edward Julian, uh, kind of a, kind of came out of nowhere, second baseman, 263, 16 home runs, uh, 37 RBIs. Um, you know, uh, just uh, kind of a, a guide to keep your eye on, you know, as they kind of the twins transition from some of their veteran players. Yeah, they they traded away uh, Luisa Rise, who was that ultimate contact hitter, uh, that guy who always put the ball in play, didn't strike out a lot and uh, could hit for a high average. Uh, and Edouard Julien uh, really does uh, sort of take that spot for them and, and, and sort of carry on that tradition that they had. Uh, been been accustomed to with uh, with Arise uh, now in Miami. Uh, the other guy I want to mention there is obviously Royce Lewis, uh, a guy who who could develop into a Guardians killer. Uh, we we saw it in in flashes uh, during the regular season last year. Uh, hit a couple of grand slams and you know really uh, came up big in big moments for that team. And this was a guy uh, you know a, a number one draft pick. Uh, a guy that they've been waiting for for a while by for, due to injuries. And, and when he was, you know, finally inserted into that lineup and given sort of the, the ability to, to play every day and as, as much as his body would allow him, 
uh, because of a few, you know, nagging injuries during the uh, the end of the season there. Uh, he, he really produced for them. He particularly produced down the stretch and in the playoffs. Uh, so there's a, there's a potential there uh, for a, a young guy like Royce Lewis to, to grow into some sort of MB, MVP credentials uh, for the, uh, the, the Twins as, as they move forward. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, great swing, but, like, uh, but he has to stay on the field. He only played 58 games, Joe, last season. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, has had knee problems throughout his career, and not just nagging knee problems, I mean, blowouts. So, uh, you know, this is a guy that they have to keep on the field. Reminds me a lot of Byron Buxton, you know, another mm-hmm. guy with great, great talent on the Twins roster, but can't stay on the field. So they've got to they've got to keep uh, Royce Lewis healthy, and if they do – He's going to be a dangerous, he's going to be a good, good player. Well, you mentioned Buxton, and, and they did, uh, again, they opened up their pocketbooks uh, again uh, to, to keep Buxton around. How much is uh, are they committed to him as being an option moving forward? Uh, he's got to be able to figure things out and, and stay healthy and, and get on the field as well. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, and he and they kind of uh, you know had him on a uh, you know a really kind of a limited program last year. He 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 only played 85 games, uh, hit 207, but what was 17 home runs and 42 RBIs? I mean, uh, when he's on the field, Joe, he he's he's really he might be the best player in in the in the in the division, but he he can't stay on the field, and that's his problem. Yeah, defensively he's uh, electric as well. So uh, they, that's that's three, four guys right there from the uh, from the Twins roster who who could be potential uh, you know best players in the division uh, at at any one time. You've got Correa who's who's you know been at that level before, and and you've got uh, you know some guys with health concerns and and maybe an up and coming rookie in uh, Julian as well. So, uh, you know, looking at the Twins, that's what they've got. Uh, the second-place team in the division, the uh, the, the Tigers, uh, really now that Miguel Cabrera, and, and Cabrera wasn't Cabrera over the last several seasons, uh, but now that he's gone, that sort of opens up, uh, you know, opportunities for uh, a lot of other young players. And uh, you've got a couple of candidates, uh, if you look at the roster, uh, led by Spencer Torkelson who was a number one overall pick and uh, number one pick for uh, Detroit and, and really sort of figured things out in the second half of last season, uh, caught fire and, and really became the, uh, the power hitter that they were expecting him to be. Yeah, Joe, there's a lot of pressure on this guy. Uh, you know, like you said, he was an overall number one pick overall in the draft, I think in 2020, um, you know, he kind of struggled uh, two years ago, uh, but last year played 159 games, hit 31 home runs, 94 RBIs, big strikeout numbers, 171 Ks. But uh, he's got some power, Joe, and uh, he looks like he's only going to get better. He's settling in at first base, and he's really uh, – he's got – when he comes to the plate, you don't want to miss his bats. And if you're the opposing uh, team, I think he kind of puts a, the fear of God in you. Well, and and that, and that sort of uh, you know leads you to uh, he he struggled. He's already been through sort of those those early struggles and, and figured things out. And now now is when you know it gets scary, I guess, for other opponents in the division like the Guardians, who are going to have to see more of 
of Torkelson, the more he now, after he's figured things out, now he gets to grow and, and learn and learn his opponents. Uh, so it, it, it gets harder to pitch to guys like him uh, now. And, and we saw him produce against Cleveland late in the season last year. So, uh, you know, the idea of having to face him multiple times during the year, uh, kind of scary. And uh, again, this is a guy who, uh, young doesn't have the track record necessarily, uh, in the conversation for, for division MVP, but, uh, you know, right now has to, has to go out there and prove that he can do it multiple seasons. Yeah. And he's not the only guy on that Tigers team, uh, mm-hmm. Joe, that, that really kind of jumps out a little bit at you, you know, Jake Rogers, a catcher. Uh, 21 home runs, 49 RBIs last year. Uh, Kenny Carpenter, uh, you know, who hit, uh, you know, played, uh, hit 20 home runs, 64 RBIs. Uh, and the guy I really like, and I think you feel the same, Joe, mm-hmm. is Riley Green, the center fielder. Unfortunately, he got hurt last year. You know, he hurt his elbow and his season ended after 99 games. But this guy hit 288. 11, 11 home runs, 34 RBIs, and he was made to play that center field in uh, Comerica Park. Yeah, we saw him early, uh, I think the, the season before, like, you know, one or two series after he made his debut. And uh, I think we saw him, it was around July, and he came out and was just hitting everything. He was on base, like, you know, four or five times in the in the series and was, uh, you know, just, I, I thought at the time, I was like, oh, man, this guy's going to be, uh, a lot to deal with over the next several seasons. Uh, and, and like you said, he, he plays on both sides of the ball. He, he gets on base and he, he, he can drive the ball. Uh, that, that ballpark is, uh, you know, it's not too big for him. And certainly defensively, he can, he can make plays in the gaps. So, uh, yeah, hopefully he can, uh, you know, come back from whatever injury concerns he had. Riley Green, uh, one of the up and coming, uh, talents in this division. Uh, but, but again, when you, you look at the, uh, the Tigers roster, those are the guys that jump out at you. Uh, the one that surprised me was, uh, Zach McKinstry in terms of where he finished the season, uh, ranked in, uh, uh, Fangraph's war. Uh, he was, he was among like the, the top 10, uh, players in the division, uh, because of his defensive versatility and because of his, uh, ability to, you know, play all over the field and, uh, you know, get on base. He had 21 doubles, four triples, nine home runs. He only hit 231, uh, but he posted a 1.2 wins above replacement. And, you know, you don't really think of McKinstry when you think of MVP of the, the division, but here he is, uh, among the top 10 in, in, uh, in, in those, uh, advanced metrics. Yeah, Joe, I think every, every good team, you know, needs, needs a guy that can, you know, float around the infield, help out in the, uh, outfield and, you know, just uh, do a solid job. He, you know, he does, he can play every position. You know, you know, you're not going to lose something defensively and he can add something offensively. And, you know, if you look at the good teams, the playoff teams, they all have a couple of guys like that because, versatility has become so important, you know, in the last 10 to 15 years in the game that, uh, you know, he's, he's a prime example of that. Yeah. Uh, finally, we come to the, uh, the basement, uh, of the division, uh, in, in the White Sox and, and really, uh, as I'm, I'm looking down their, their 40 man roster and I'm, I'm looking at, uh, you know, what they can, can, uh, put out there on the field, 
it's it's pretty much Luis Robert. Uh, he, he hit what 38 home runs last year. Uh, this is a guy who, uh, you know, has has the has the defensive tools, uh, can run the bases. Uh, he's he's really a, a an explosive type player. Um, and and when he can put it all together, uh, you know, he might be uh, a candidate to to be you know, not just, uh, the, the Yale central divisions, uh, MVP, but, but the, um, uh, the, the American league MVP, uh, but it's not going to happen when he's on a last place team and a team that's a, a mess like the, uh, the white Sox are. Yeah, Joe, he's really, he's an exciting guy. He's one of those guys that, uh, the white Sox signed, you kind of sight unseen, gave him a, a long-term contract before he even got to the big leagues. But he can play center field, Joe. He can go get the ball. And like you said, he's got pop. He had 264. He finished third in the American League in home runs last season with 38. Drove in the 80 runs, 857 OPS. You know, obviously, with that kind of power comes a lot of swing and miss. He struck out 172 times as well. Wow. 172 times. That's, that's a lot. That's quite a bit. That's a lot of swing uh, and miss. But, but it's it, you know it's right up there with uh, Yuan Moncada, who I guess would be the the only other uh, you know guy with maybe the potential to have a, an MVP type season in the AL Central. Um, Moncada is just a, a guy who uh, you know they had a lot. You talk about expectations from that franchise. Uh, that that's what uh, you know when when he first arrived. That was sort of he was supposed to be the guy that was the uh, the centerpiece of that that lineup um and 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 it just hasn't worked out for him that way he's he's struggled up and down uh you know at times he'll figure things out but then uh you know he he goes into slumps and and is easier to, easier to pitch to yeah and at times he looks lackadaisical joe i mean mm-hmm. we've seen him a lot that's a that's a terrible defensive team maybe they'll get better with tim anderson a free agent and it doesn't look like he'll come back because he had all all sorts of trouble at shortstop when it came to defense and when it came to uh, bobbing and weaving, uh, you know, from a right hand from Jose Ramirez. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, Moncada, I mean, he drives me crazy. He would drive me crazy if I had to manage him because, you know, one day he looks like an all-star and the next day he kind of he, he kind of doesn't run after, you know, he doesn't, he makes an error and he, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't hustle. I, 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 I don't get it. I, I, but you know, he's got to have some talent, but that whole White Sox team, they, they kind of, you know, if you're, if Roberts is your best player, fine, but your, your other good players, they have to set the tone too. And, and it doesn't look like they do that on that team. Yeah. Guys at the plate that, that could, you know, maybe step forward for them. Uh, Eloy Jimenez is another guy who deals, has dealt with, uh, injuries in the past. And, you know, you look at him and you say, here's a guy who could hit 40 home runs and you, you just don't know why, uh, things haven't clicked for him. And, you know, part of it has been injuries with him as well. So, uh, the, the White Sox are, are, are in a shambles. And right now, really, you can, you can circle Luis Robert, uh, you know, once in a while, maybe once or twice a season, you can circle, uh, Yohan Moncada as guys who are, are potential threats in a series if you're playing them. But, uh, other than that, not a lot of guys scare you uh, in, the, in that lineup and on that roster. Uh, now, I want to circle back to the Guardians. And, and you know, we talked about Jose Ramirez on this roster, on this 40-man roster. Uh, is there another player right now who who 
has the potential maybe in a, a one year breakout season to to be thought of in the along the lines of a a, a division MVP uh, as compared to everybody else in the AL Central, um, you know, and and maybe surpass Jose in a in a one season sample size uh, for his contribution to the team. Yeah, I, I think the guy hitting right behind Jose, uh, Josh Naylor, uh, has that ability, Joe. We've seen him, you know, improve, you know, dramatically over the last two years. His power numbers have gone up. You know, his his uh, batting average has gone up. Uh, you know, last season, what, uh, he, he hits uh, 17 home runs. He leads the team with 97 RBIs, has an 843 OPS. Uh, plays 121 games. You know, I think obviously they were being a little careful with him because of the uh, the ankle, the broken ankle injury he suffered. What in 2021? But uh, you know, we're we're seeing a guy emerging right now, Joe, and I think he's going to be one of the best, uh, most productive hitters in the division. And and he's he's bringing along the glove as well. Improving in that uh, in that category, uh, I think he earned uh, the trust of the organization there at, at first base as well last season defensively uh, and, and personality wise. I think he brings with it, him everything that you want to see in a guy who could be put, uh, you know, front and center as, a, as an MVP candidate. You know, we haven't seen the, the Jose Ramirez decline years beginning yet. I think we're. We're maybe a few years away from that, uh, and and as as we get to those years, maybe we start to get to peak Josh Naylor years, and and they sort of play off each other and, and complement uh, in, in that way. Uh, but you know you, you've got to you've got to lock Naylor up then if that's going to be the case if if he's going to be the guy you commit to in that spot, uh, you've got to start talking about what uh, what his uh, his contract situation is going to be. I believe he's in his second year of arbitration eligibility. Yeah, he's, I think he's got two years left. Uh, he's got four years in the big leagues. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, this is always a tricky subject for uh, players. And, uh, you know, the Cleveland loves to do this, loves to extend players. But, uh, you know, when you get a guy, you know, they traded for Josh uh, and he had some experience uh, before he got here. So he had some, I should say, service time. So, you know, I, I don't know if they've approached him in the past, but I would think they would uh, be talking to his agent this winter and in spring training about an extension. The other guy uh, on Cleveland's roster, I think, who, you know, uh, just from a, a total contribution standpoint and, you know, uh, could be thought of along the lines of maybe a, a top player on the roster and, you know, a candidate for division MVP would be Andres Jimenez. This is a, a platinum glove defender, uh goal glove the last two seasons. Uh, and, and we've seen him do it at the plate. We know that the potential is there for him uh, to be an elite hitter. Uh, you know, especially the, the last month of last season in September, uh, hit over 330 and and was was a, a guy who, you know, you, you sort of looked at that and said, boy, if, if we had that uh, Andres Jimenez out on the field for, you know, six months out of the season instead of just one, uh, there'd be no question who the MVP of the uh, uh, the division is in, uh, in in a smaller sample size like that. Uh, Jimenez, a guy who. Who could potentially, you know, uh, rank up there uh, among the best in the AL Central when all is said and done? 
Yeah, Joe, I like the fact that, uh, you know, he was durable. He played 153 games last year, led the team with 30 stolen bases. Uh, you know, you know, still doesn't walk a lot. And I guess, you know, he may, he might, that might be just part of his game. You know, 32 walks, 112 Ks, you know, maybe that's an area where he can improve on. But, uh, you know, 251, he had 251, you know, 76 runs, 27 doubles, 15 home runs. You know, he's a solid player. And to, and then you go, you throw in the gold glove defense and he certainly, uh, could be, uh, you know, an MVP candidate in the AL Central. All right. That's how uh, Jose Ramirez and uh, the Guardians stack up uh, in terms of a, a mythical AL Central MVP uh, against other rival teams in the division. I uh, want to remind our listeners about Subtext, our subscription text service. Uh, you can uh, log on to cleveland.com slash subtext or send a text message to 216-208-4346 to subscribe for $3.99 a month. You'll get all the hot stove updates and the latest news uh, on the Guardians uh, from Hoinsey and from me as we head towards Guards Fest. uh, We'll get you all uh, the the, the roster of players appearing there and, you know, all the tips and tricks on navigating that fan festival. Uh, and then as we head towards spring training, uh, a lot of lot more information coming out. Hoinsey, are you ready for uh, are you ready for Guards Fest a week from Saturday? It's uh, <laughs> it's sneaking up on us, man. I'm ready, Joe. I'm ready for something to something to happen. <laughs> this has been a quiet winter, man. Yeah, it, it really has. There, there there really hasn't been much to to debate, discuss, talk about because uh, the, the the team really just hasn't made any big moves. Yeah, and I don't know what, you know, we knew when uh, the offseason started that uh, this would, you know, that they were not going to be, uh, you know, big players in the free agent market. Even last year, they were, either, you know, they, they Zanino and, and uh, Josh Bell, you know, they went pretty, they went big time on those guys. But, uh, you know, we knew uh, that, that that wasn't going to be the, the case uh, this, this winter. You know, they have the question with the TV contract. Um, and any moves that were going to be made were going to be on the edge of free agency or they were going to have to make a trade. And, you know, they've made a couple minor trades, but uh, not, not, not the kind of, you know, that make a headline to catch your attention that kind of change the shape of the team. Yeah, and and do you think you mentioned Zanino and and Bell and and those f- signings last year? Uh, do you think that maybe make them a little gun shy on on uh, similar deals or you know similar types of contracts like that? Um, you know, in, in, this year or is it just that they're they're really not looking for that right now? I think it's I think it's a matter of money, Joe. I think uh, you know they if you're if you're a GM or you know or a, you know director of baseball operations, you can't be afraid of of uh, the free agency. You mean mm-hmm. you you've got to take your chance. You got to at least stick your big toe in the in the in the free agent pool. Uh, and I don't think I just think the resources are not there for them to go to make a to make a big play for a significant player. Yeah, that's. Uh... Uh, I would agree in a lot of ways there. So, all right, Hoinsey, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the uh, Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll check back in with you on Thursday and, uh, you know, continue uh, breaking down some of the uh, the players on the 40-man roster as we head uh, into uh, Guards Fest. We'll talk to you then. Good deal, Joe. <laughs>